0: chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, I invite you to open up your Bibles there, and we're going to be studying verses 10 to 13 today, and Lord willing, next week we finish the book. I know Steve is happy, that's Stephen who brought his parents, Steve. Over there, got some visitors from California with us today. We want to welcome you guys here, and thank you guys for joining us. I hope you enjoy the beautiful weather here, the mountains. Well, you guys have everything there. So let's go on to Ephesians chapter 6 and talk about preparing for the battle. You know, sometimes when people present Jesus Christ, for people to come and get saved, they make it seem like once you come to Christ, you're going to Disney World, and everything's going to be beautiful, and you're gonna you're gonna get to ride Space Mountain, and you're gonna you know get to go to the Epcot Center and all those stuff, and see all the uh, the animals there, the uh, the cartoon figures, whatever they are, and Daphne Duck, and uh, you know you just go on down the list and. All the, all the people that you love growing up and you get to see that. And just Christian life is so much fun. Uh, you know, it's just a roller coaster ride the whole time and coming to Jesus, everything you ever wanted you have and you have no struggles in life and everything is beautiful and it's just a, a beautiful, uh, amusement park. But how about this? How about if I was to preach to you today and tell you, if you come to Jesus, it'll be like going to the Middle East. Where if you think you have struggles now, wait until Christ comes into your life. Things are about to get really hard. And the battle is going to be fierce. And no, we're not going to see the bombs coming and we're not going to have uh, uh, bullets whistling before our ears. But there is this invisible battle that we are in. Where the enemy knows us better than our parents that reared us. He knows exactly where we are weak and we and his snipers, we are in their crosshairs. And they are just looking for the moment to catch us and grab us and destroy us. It's not like the Flintstones, which was one of my favorite shows growing up. Amen. How many Flintstone watchers here? Let's see. Yeah, you must have Jesus in your life. But Flintstone. (laughs) Where you're walking down the street and you have a a decision to make and poof, here comes the nice little angel and he says, oh yeah, you need to make this decision, you know, and follow, follow the right way. And poof, here comes the devil on his shoulder. You know what I mean? He says, well, don't do that. Here's what you need to do and all that. That's not the battle we have. If it was only that easy. He knows us. And he is after us. And he's been around a lot longer than any of us even longer than Chomber, Amen. He's been around. He's been around. And really, how do we battle? How do we battle him? And that's why I love this passage of scripture, because it really talks about the battle. And notice what he says here. He says he's going to talk about strengthening ourselves in the Lord. He starts it off by saying, finally, he, he's gonna he's gonna bring us to the end of the letter. Now, how would you end the letter after all the wonderful things that he said to us in the book of Ephesians? It's taken us thirty sermons to get here. Amen. Thirty. Stephen's ready to go. Thirty sermons to get ready. I, I've never preached this long through a book. Thirty of them. I'm like, wow. I'm like, man, you know, I'm unbelievable. And and how would you end the book? If, if you had to end it, after all the wonderful things he says about our position in Christ and, and the different things, he ends the book by saying this. You need to depend upon God more than ever because you are in a spiritual warfare. Wow, what a way for final words. I'm coming to the end of the book, he's saying. Finally, we're getting to the last words here. We're coming to the conclusion. And here's what he's going to say. You need a greater dependence upon Christ than ever before. You may have depended and put your trust in Jesus Christ, but now you need a greater dependence upon Christ because the battle is fierce. Notice he says here, finally, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be strong. This is a, a, a present tense, but it's, it's passive. So it's continually be strong, but we need to find our strength in an external source. This is important. He's not saying just grab yourself by the bootstraps and you be strong and go fight the devil. Go after him. He's saying you need power from the outside. You need external power. You need help on the outside. So the the question I have is where do you go for strength? I know where some go. Starbucks. Amen. And you start your day in the morning, right? You wake up in the morning, oh man, I feel really weak today. I really, I'm I'm not doing good today. So nice little cup of coffee will get me going. And I go, I go there for strength and I got my strength there and, and I feel great. You know, I remember the other day I went to Starbucks in the morning and and they always ask you when they're delaying, they have the same phrase. Did you notice that? When they're delayed and they not, they don't have your coffee on time, they say, so what do you have planned today? Same phrase every time. I know it's coming, and um, and and I said. And then they asked, "Well, are you ready for today?" And I says, "Yeah, I'm getting there." And they go, "Well, once you have your coffee, you'll be ready for today." See, that's their mentality, and that's our mentality. Some people go for their strength and their ability. They're strong. They think they're strong Christians. They think they they know the Bible. They think they've been in church a long time. They think they can handle this. But really what he says here is be strong. Notice what it says in verse 10. Be strong where? In the Lord. He's going to say here we need to find our strength in who we are in Christ. Our position in Christ. And remember Ephesians chapter 1, 29 sermons ago. You remember that when we talked about Ephesians chapter 1 and who we are in Christ. Let's see if we can think of a couple of things. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Amen? We have been chosen before the foundation of the world in Christ. We are adopted as sons in Christ. We have been redeemed in Christ. That song, Redeemed. You know how I love to proclaim it. We've been redeemed in Christ. We have been forgiven by his blood. It's amazing. And then you keep going down the passage. We have an inheritance. We are one day guaranteed to be in heaven with Jesus Christ because of what he has done for us. And not only that, you say, how do I know? Because we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says here. He says, finally, I want you to find your strength in who you are in Christ. Remember who you are. Remember your position in Christ. And not only that, find strength in what? In the strength of his might. In the very power. Notice that word strength there in his verse because it talks about his miraculous power. His miraculous power in our lives. You say, I've never experienced Christ's miraculous power in our life. Yes, you have. The moment you were saved, it's a miracle by God. Amen. He took your life dead in sins, disobedient, wanting nothing to do with God brought someone into your life at the right time, shared Jesus Christ with you, you came to save, you have the miraculous power of God in your life. He says, I want you to find strength in the fact that who you are in the Lord and that his miraculous power is available to you. Allow yourself to continually be strengthened by that, the miraculous power of God. You say, how do I appropriate that strength into my life? How do I get that strength into my life? Well, MacArthur says something interesting. He says this, he says, appropriation of that strength comes through the means of grace. Here's how we do. We pray for it. We pray for God to work in our life. We pray for this strength. We pray for God to remind us of who we are in Christ. Notice what else, how we get it. Knowledge and obedience to the Word. We need to know the Word of God. We need to understand the Scriptures and obey the Scriptures, not just know what it says. And then this, we need faith in the promises of God. Because there are days when we don't feel redeemed. you feel redeemed every day? I don't. There are days when we don't feel forgiven. There are days we don't feel like we're going to make it to heaven. But faith In the very promises of God. He promised it. He can't lie. He will do it. You know when the character starts to erode? When we start to neglect these things. When we say, you know what? I can make it through the day without much prayer. I can make it through the day without reading the Bible. I don't need the Bible. I can make it through the day without being around God's people. I can do it. I can make it through the day without really meditating and having faith in the promises of God. And that's where the devil comes in. He says, I want you to be strong in the Lord. I want you to be strong in that miraculous power. Strengthen yourself in the very Lord. I love the story of David. When he came back and the people took, they burnt down his, their houses. They took their wives. They took their children. And David's men wanted to kill him. Remember that story in 1 Samuel 30? I love that story. For his own men wanted to kill him. Welcome to being a pastor, by the way. But his own men wanted to kill him. And what does David do? The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's what we need. Strengthen ourselves in God, in the mighty, the miraculous power. Here's here's what he's going to say here. Notice this here. He says in the next one, protect yourself with the armor of God. Put on the full armor of God. Now he's going to change the tense of the verb. He's going to go from present tense of continually allow yourself to be strengthened with the power of God to put on this armor. This is urgent. This is get it on. Get the armor, the full armor on. We're going to talk more about this next week and all what it means. But I'm just going to mention a little bit right now. He's not just saying, you know, you need to get it on. He says, this is urgent. This is a battle going on. You notice when your phone's about to die, what do you do? Plug it in. Get it in. Or it's dead. He says, get it on. This is an urgent command. This is an heiress command. Go put it on. Not just one time, but get it on. And not just pieces of it. Get it all on. Get it all on. The full armor. You say, what, what is he talking about there? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna talk more in detail about this, but let me just mention this. Get on that truth. Understand the truth of the scriptures, understand the righteous be walking in what is right and have the righteousness of Christ on you. Understand the gospel of peace. Get your feet going on with the gospel of peace. Get the shield of faith, trusting in God. Here comes these darts. Get on that helmet of salvation and get on the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Here's what he's saying. From head to toe, be ready for battle because the devil's coming. Get it on. Be protected. Understand, and this is interesting here, because this word put on the armor of God is the same word that he uses on put on the new man. So really what people have done, I've never put this together before, studying this, really part of the armor of God, when we understand the armor of God, is putting on the new self and understanding who we are in Christ and living out that identity. See, when I'm living out forgiven, the devil can't get me. When I'm living out redeemed, the devil won't. When I'm living out adopted, it's different. The devil is going to come after me. So he's saying, live out your identity. Put on that armor. Get ready for the battle. So here's why. So you're able to what? Stand firm. Because he wants to move us. Move us from the very position we are in Christ. Christ. He wants to discourage us. We're going to see here in a moment. And we need to understand something. We need to be able to stand firm. He wants us to remain standing firm on what we believe. Somebody looks and he says, Are you redeemed? Are you sure you're redeemed? Are you forgiven? Are you forgiven? Are you adopted? Are you going to get to heaven? Are you sure? Stand firm. You got the armor of God on. You can stand firm. Nobody's moving you. Because here it is. Look at this. This is an amazing passage. Because we need to understand who the enemy is and how he works. Stand firm against the what? Say that word. Schemes. Strategies. Methods. This is a very interesting word here. These are tailor-made attacks on God's people. The devil, notice what this passage is saying. There are schemes there. There are strategies there. This is used of wild animals. I like to watch the Discovery Channel. I don't know how many like to watch the Discovery Channel. I like to watch crocodiles. You ever like to watch the crocodiles? I like to watch how they're in the water and they wait for somebody to get, one of the animals to get a drink, a deer or whatever it may be, and then they come and rah, they eat them. I mean, that is fun stuff. Anybody like to do that? Maybe I don't. Mean, that, that is kind of fun. They're just sitting there, you know, the crocodile's just sitting there and you think it's, you know, sleeping or something. Here comes the poor deer singing a song as the deer pan it for the slaughter and then it comes here and starts to drink and here comes the crocodile and what happens? By the neck, there goes the deer gone, dead. This is the same exact word. This is used of wild animals and how they get their prey. These are tailor-made attacks against you and against me think about that think about how he knows exactly where you're weak think about how he knows when you are weak Think about how He knows what is important to you and how He puts those things, He puts good things into our lives and He understands that we were going to go after those good things in the wrong way, at the wrong time, with wrong people. He knows how to do that. He knows exactly the moment. I, I get amazed because Ellie... With her schedule at work and some of the things that she struggles with. She, Satan knows that, and, 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 and she puts in for a day off and the boss doesn't give her a day off and she gets all worried. But, and she's like, I want a day off, I can't get it. Satan knows exactly where she's weak. He knows where I'm weak. Yes. He knows the weakest moments. And here's, here's the question He, he hurls these tailor made attacks against God's program? Oh, he hates the church. And I'll tell you what Satan does to the church. you ready for this? He puts in false teachers in the church who preach a false gospel, who produce false believers, and then we have false religions and people running after that. He hates God's program. He absolutely hates it. And yet people are falling for these people and they're going after these people and they they want these people and and all of a sudden the church is being destroyed because he's after the church. He hates it. He hates God's people. He knows things to incite in us. He understands. You study the Bible. He knows you're an angry person. Oh, he likes that. He knows how to even get you mad. He gets you mad. He knows how to put what really will fire you up. Somebody struggling with immorality, he knows how to put the immoral things into their lives. Somebody who struggles with their tongue and lying, he knows how to put those things into our lives. He knows when we're weak, where we're weak, and he attacks us. Hates us. And people pursue, and we pursue, the good things in the wrong way, at the wrong time, with the wrong people. I love how uh, Recovery Ministries, Tim would have that on Friday nights. Why would he have it on Friday nights? Because what happens on Friday nights? People get what? Paid? And what do they do when they get paid? Time to go get drugs. Satan knows. And so what do they do? Let's have a recovery ministry on Friday nights and help you. Instead of going to go get drugged, why don't you come to us and we'll help you with our addictions. He knows exactly. Let Let me ask you this. How does Satan attack you? Think about that for a moment. I know my biggest weakness. Are you ready for this? Sunday afternoons. I feel like the Spirit of God has left me. I mean, it is crazy. Tim will tell you. He writes me some Sunday afternoons. I told him I quit. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I, 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 I don't know what it is. And I'm not asking for pity or anything like this. So you, you can pray for me on Sunday afternoons. Maybe call me up with a complaint about the church. That helps. But anyway, you know. <laughs> but I Sunday, Sunday afternoon, it's an amazing, I can't, I can't explain it. There's naps I'll take on Sunday afternoons. You know, you guys at least can take a nap Sunday mornings. So I gotta wait. But Sunday afternoons, I take a, I take a nap on Sunday afternoon. I wake up, I'm sweating, I'm, I got chills in me. I feel like the world has ended. I feel like that's the last sermon I'll ever preach. He knows exactly where I'm weak. And then Tim writes me. And he says, how you doing? He knows the answer to that. I quit. I'm done. And then he comes back with verses of all things. I don't want to hear that. I want to quit. Leave me alone. I want to be by myself. Sundays are hard, especially this year with the Giants doing so bad. Sundays are hard. But really, you think about this, you think about these tailor-made attacks on God's people. He knows those who are struggling with depression. He goes after them. He knows those that are struggling with pornography. He puts that in their path. He knows those that are struggling in their marriages. He puts other people there so they could, they could go and cheat. He, he knows these things. And he has these schemes, these well-planned-out attacks. That's what's amazing about this word. This is a well-planned-out attack against us. And that's why he says you gotta be strong in the Lord and understand who you are in Christ and get the strength of his might. You have to get that armor ready and be ready because he is coming after you. Notice what they call him there. He's the devil. And, and he's our adversary. Jesus talked about the devil. He talked to the devil. Remember that. But let me tell you, I wish it was just him. It's not. Our struggle, notice this here in verse 12. Our wrestling match. Anybody like to wrestle here? I've never been a good wrestler. You know, Joe wrestles, I... You know, I used to watch it though. I loved Hulk Hogan. Amen. I mean, he was my hero, you know. I am a real American. You know, I used to, I used to watch him. I even had the shirt, you know, the Hulk Hogan shirt. And one day I was in like in the front row watching Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was there and I tried to rip the shirt. Off. I couldn't rip it off. I was like, <laughs> I just left it on. I just stressed it a little bit. I mean, I love watching. I love them b- bouncing at just, You know, how they do it. You know, that is fake. I couldn't believe it. I found that out later in life. That's fake stuff. This is not fake. We are wrestling. Notice this here. Our wrestling match is not, I cannot emphasize this more, is not against what? Interesting that Paul changes the words here in the Greek. He starts it off with blood and then flesh. Because he knows we do struggle against the flesh. And he doesn't want anyone to confuse this with, hey, are there battles against the flesh? Of course there's battles against the flesh. But he wants to say this, the the, the battle is not just on the human level. Although we make it on the human level, it is not on the human level. There is more to it than that. It is not just that person that's the problem. It's not just that circumstance that's the problem. It's something behind that person and something behind that circumstance that's the problem. Our struggle is not just on the human level. I mean, think about Job for a moment. I like what MacArthur says, Our greatest enemy is not the world we see, corrupt as it is, but the world we cannot see, but yet people make it all about the world we see. They make it about a president. They make it about this. They make it about that. They are not the enemy. The enemy's behind that. Our greatest enemy is not the world we see corrupted. It's the world we don't see. Think of Job for a moment. How would you like to to have a fatal storm kill your kids, kill some of his livestock, kill his servants, and then have a wife tell him to curse God, and have friends give him the the the, uh, the counsel that they gave him? You know, wife tell him to get out. Have a skin disease that he had, and in the skin and all the boils and all that, the painful stuff that he had. And right behind all of that was who? The devil. This helps me. This helps me in two ways. Knowing my true enemy helps me not to be cruel to those who are deceived. We are mean people. And we, I mean, I can't count how many headlines and how many titles and how many things... Are directed towards certain people in our society like it's all their fault that we're in this situation that we're in. And they don't even see the enemy behind the puppet. All they see is the puppet moving the mouth. It helps me not to be cruel to those who are deceived, they need Jesus. But then you know what else it helps me to do? It helps me not to be naive when a nice person is spreading destruction. Let me tell you the the biggest church here in America, and one of and I will tell you he is a very nice guy. Can I say his name? I'm scared to say his name. What do you think? Why would I pick on? Yeah, Joel Osteen. Just smile. God has your best life waiting for you. He loves you. I'm not going to talk about sin or hell because those things will offend people. I don't want to, the hell will never be mentioned in my church. Because I ain't going to mention that. And I'm not going to talk about repentance or anything. I'm just going to talk about how you can be a better you. Because you need to be a better you. You need to be a wealthier you. You need to be a healthier you. So I'm going to help you. Let me tell you, that is sending people to hell. Yeah. And we can be naive and say, oh, that's a so nice guy. What a nice guy he is. He's just a nice, smiling, handsome guy. He's just, in the, wait a minute. That's deception. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not the problem. His theology is. Mm-hmm. And, and the devil is behind that and people are swarming to that. And they're headed to an eternal hell. So don't beat up the guy, beat up what's going on behind the scenes, because that's the true enemy there. And notice going back to the the verse there in verse 12, watch this, There's, there's an army of them. I mean, there's not just, there's not just one, look at this, our struggle is not against just flesh and blood. But against what? The rulers and the powers and against the world forces of this darkness and the spiritual forces of the wickedness in the heavenly places. Here's what he's saying here in this passage. That there's not just one sniper looking to knock us out. There's many of them. And there's ranks of them just like there is in the army. And I try to get that straight. I can't. The general, the captain, the sergeant, all this, the lieutenant colonel. I mean, it's all over the place sometimes. But, you know, you're like, oh, you're a sergeant. Yeah, you're ahead of this. This guy who's a captain and this guy's this and that. Forget about it. But there's an army. There's a ranking in the army. There's a ranking in the demon world. That's amazing. And, and notice who they are. They're rulers. These are powers. These are, our authorities. These are ones who have freedom to act. It's amazing that God allows them to act, but they have freedom to act. And they're these world forces against what? Uh, against the very light, everything God is of this darkness. These are spiritual beings, spiritual snipers, knocking out God's people. And they're ranked. And they're strong. And they're coming. And there's not just one. There's many of them. So what do we do? (laughs) Look at verse 13. Get that full armor on. Get all of it on from head to toe. So that you're able to resist when? An evil day. (laughs) When is that? You don't know. He takes no vacations. You may be on your vacation. He's not. You don't know. When that moment's going to come. When we're weak. When we've just said, you know what? I can't do it anymore. And he comes and grabs you. There was a pastor in San Diego. 40 years in the ministry. Same church went home one day and hung himself and killed himself there's a battle out there that's tremendous we don't know when the evil day but there's a particular day and a particular time and there's no vacations and no days and he's a lion prowling and his snipers are set and he's looking to shoot and he's waiting for that one weak moment when you forget who you are in Christ when you think you got it all together and you're not reading your word, you're not praying, you're not, you're not, you're not around God's people and you think you got it all together and he goes to this sniper, shoot, you got him. Target's ready. Get him. The armor's not there. When we are weak, when we are tired, when there's a conflict with another family member, when the economy drops, when the mandates come, you name it, he knows when. And guess what? It's just getting harder. Somebody's like, I just can't wait for COVID to be gone and we can just go back to normal and everything be easy again. I'm here to tell you the good news. It's never going to be the same again. And you think this COVID stuff was hard and it has been hard. It's just going to get harder. But here's the good news. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. We have all we need in Christ. And the devil can attack all he wants, but he can never move us from who we are in Christ. We are adopted. We are redeemed. We are forgiven. We do have an inheritance in heaven. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. That will never, ever change. But he's coming. And he's waiting. And he knows how I am on Sunday afternoons. Boy, he knows. And he knows how you are in the weak times of your life. And he knows just how to put that other person. And he knows. He doesn't come with this mass weapons of destruction. He comes with mass weapons of distraction. And he puts these good things into our lives. And all of a sudden, instead of pursuing Christ and his kingdom first and all its righteousness, we start pursuing these things in the wrong way, in the wrong time, with the wrong people. And we become nothing for God. You know what I was thinking of? You want to stop Satan from really attacking you and attacking what you want to do for God? Stop doing things for God and he won't. It's one of the easiest ways, isn't it? He's not worried about the believer who isn't witnessing. He's not worried about the believer who doesn't want to do anything for the kingdom of God. He'll just leave that. But start doing things for Christ and watch the attacks come. But we're not going to retreat. We're going to keep going on. Notice what it says. Therefore, take on the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And don't miss this one. Having done what? Everything. So we wake up in the morning and throughout the day, here's what we do. We remind ourselves who we are in Christ. We ask God for that strength that comes from the outside because we can't get it on the end. We ask God for the strength of His miraculous power to help us to stand. We put on that full armor that we're going to talk more detail, Lord willing, next week of what that is. And so that when He comes on that particular moment when we're weak and all that, we're ready for the battle. We've done everything we can. We've, we've read, we've prayed, we've been with God's people, we've, we've asked for his strength, we've done everything we can. And we stand firm for his honor and glory. You know what's amazing about the devil? You resist him, he will flee. But guess what? He comes back. <laughs> That's the bad news. But stand firm Don't let him tell you who you're not. Stand firm in his strength and allow God to work. When we went to Ecuador for a couple of months, there was this young man there who accepted the Lord. He came out of an alcoholic background. He was an alcoholic and he came to Christ. He was on fire for Christ. I mean, he loved the Lord. It was just amazing to watch. I loved watching that. One day we came back from church on a Wednesday night and i never forget, we go up and he was a little embarrassed to see us and we went over to see him and you could smell he had alcohol on his breath. And he, he was drunk. I mean, really drunk. And just tears in his eyes and, and struggling with that. And I thank the Lord that the group I was with just went to him and loved him. And said, we're here for you. We're here to help you. You see, the devil knew exactly where he was weak and when he was weak and how he was weak and put that temptation into his life again and he fell. But praise God, he was restored again. That's the Christian life. We are in a wrestling match. Sometimes we get pinned. But don't worry, we get back up. Just keep looking to the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before You, Lord, we recognize who the true enemy is. God, we we ask that You help us to get our eyes off of the circumstances that we're living in, or the people, and blaming the people around us when we need to realize that they're just instruments in the devil's hands. Father, our real struggle is against those powers. Those authorities, those spiritual forces of wickedness against the very light that you ask us to shine and to be. So, Father, as we come before you today, we're asking you for strength, not our strength, your strength, because your strength is perfect when we're weak. Help us, Lord. Help us to remind ourselves who we are in Christ. Help us, Father, as when those darts are coming after us, Lord, to remember the battle that we're in. Help us to be protected from head to toe. Help us to appropriate that strength through prayer, through the reading of the scriptures, through being with your people, through faith in your promises. We're coming to you, Lord. We're asking you to do what only you can do. Lord, I'm amazed as I I look around and, and even in our own little small church, the different struggles that all of us have and how the devil and his army of forces are trying to take each one out. God, I pray that Father, that we would realize this battle and realize the victory we have in Christ and live out that victory, we pray. And when we fall and when we listen to the devil's lies and when we get caught up in the things of this world and when we start pursuing the good things in the wrong way with the wrong people at the wrong time, that Father, you would help us to repent and to turn back to you. Because time is short. And Father, we don't know the evil day. It could be today. There's each moment, Lord. There's no vacations with the devil. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to be ready. We thank you so much for who you are. Yes. And we thank you for what you've caused us to be. And what you will make us one day. When we're in your presence, we pray in Jesus' precious name and for his glory alone. Amen. 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 Book of James.